1: water but God gave the increase so then neither he who plants is anything nor he who waters but God who gives the increase you never know you may share the gospel and think that they may have brushed you off they may have cursed you out they may have been family members they want nothing to do with you but then lo and behold a year or two later they give you a call guess what remember you talked to me two years ago well I guess you probably were praying within those two years I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ
0: You can't save anyone. Billy Graham didn't save anyone. The Apostle Paul didn't even save anyone. Jesus alone saves. Even the most revered evangelists and pastors are simply vessels that God uses to pour out His grace on humanity. This should take a lot of pressure off of you. As Pastor Eddie will explain in today's message, all you can do is share the truth of Jesus, and everything after that is up to him and the listener. Well... Let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of First Thessalonians, chapter two, as he begins his message, Paul's ministry to the Thessalonians. I wanna run, I wanna run, I wanna run
1: right to your heart. I wanna run, I wanna run, I wanna run I'm the First Thessalonians, chapter two verses 1 through 12 of chapter 2. Paul writes, For you yourselves know, brethren, that our coming to you was not in vain. But even after we had suffered before and were spitefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we were bold in our God to speak to you the gospel of God in much conflict. For our exhortation did not come from error or uncleanness, nor was it in deceit. But, As we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God who tests our hearts. For neither at any time did we use flattering words, as you know, nor cloak for covetousness. God is witness. Nor do we seek glory from men, neither from you or from others, when we might have made demands as apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children. So affectionately longing for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives because you have become dear to us. For you remember, brethren, our labor and toil for laboring night and day that we may not be a burden to any of you. We preach to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, and God also have how devoutly and justly and blamelessly we behaved ourselves among you who believe. As you know, how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father does his own children, that you might work worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. The gospel was revealed in four ways to the Thessalonians, as it is with every church. Number one, the gospel was revealed by the preaching. He said, you did not only receive it by word only, obviously they heard the word of God. As Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says, for then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's not just your actions and again, I use the illustration of a fishing, you know, fisherman try, try to fish. He doesn't just put, put in a, a fishing line with, without a hook and just the bait. The bait is going to attract the fish. And you can imagine the fish having a conversation. Wow, this guy's nice. He just gives us the bait. There's no hook. It's going to look, guys, The people say, yeah, you're a nice guy. You're a Christian. But really... Gets him is the hook, and that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. So it's by hearing the word. Secondly, the gospel was revealed by power. The gospel does not need our help. It has its own power. That's why Paul said in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, he said, "'But I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, "'but it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes.'" Thirdly, the gospel was revealed by the Holy Spirit. Paul said, he said to the Corinthians, I did not come with excellence of speech or in wisdom. My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words or human wisdom, but a demonstration of the spirit and of power. And that's why it's so comforting to know that I don't need to be the smartest person in the world. I don't need a Bible degree. I don't need to be, need to be uh, that intelligent. All I need to know is that there is power in the gospel in itself. Secondly, the Holy Spirit's in you. It doesn't need anything of you. The power of the gospel itself and the Holy Spirit. And fourthly, And finally, the gospel was revealed by much assurance. The end result of their lie was full assurance in the faith of Jesus Christ because of the gospel. There's an assurance that we have that our faith in Jesus Christ, we are one with him and that we will be with him eternally. That's an assurance. And so now that brings us to our study this morning. Now we make our way to chapter 2. That brings us to chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. And all 12 verses, 1 through 12, Paul is going to write about his ministry with the Thessalonians, his ministry with the Thessalonians. And we can learn a lot from this and how we ought to minister to people. And, and, you know, quite often, well, there was a story about a, a church board that they were actually looking for, a new pastor, someone that could fill in the pulpit. And after much, you know, looking through applicants and looking through the biblical characters of the Bible, they said, well, what about Adam? Well, Adam, I don't know. You know, he, he has a problem with his wife, and he walks in the, in the woods naked. We don't want him. And they said, well, how about Moses? Well, Moses, you know, he left his last employment, and he has some, a murder charge against him. <laughs> and they go on to say, and say, how about Methuselah? Methuselah's too old. How about Timothy? Timothy's too young. <laughs> okay, they continue. How about Hosea? No, Hosea, his wife is known to be a prostitute. Okay, and so as you look at it, you realize uh, there's really no one who's perfect, even in Scripture. I just love to read the Bible and find that there are messed up people just like me. When you look at families, and it's sometimes, you know, we, we, we encourage one another, and we just hear about, hey, pray for my cousin, pray for my aunt, pray for my brother, pray for my mother, my father. And we look, and, and all the problems is, man, i got to mess the family. So you're not the only one. Read the Bible. <laughs> and, and that's the reality of it. But Paul is one that we can see. He sets the example. And we can see that how God could use a man like Paul. And <laughs> we're going to find how you're going to compare a man like Paul uh, to those uh, TV evangelists, the prosperity teachers, false teachers, the ones that live in mansions and stuff, so on. But let's look at how Paul. If you want to see a real apostle, you want to see a, a real man of God sharing the gospel, changing the world, let's look at what he has to say. Verse one, he says, he says, for you yourself know, brethren, that our coming to you is not in vain. And so though that Though so Paul was in Thessalonica, he was only there for three weeks, three Sabbaths. The, uh, Acts chapter seventeen tells us. And during that ministry, the Thessalonians were, were you know, uh, he, while he was at Thessalonica, he had to flee because they were going after him. His ministry of the gospel to Thessalonians was not in vain. Now, the the, the Greek word Paul used here for vain is kenos, and it means. Uh, Something that is void of meaning, of value, and empty. And when you study the life of Paul, you know that the work in the ministry of the Apostle Paul, and he's along with Silas and Timothy in this missionary journey, was anything but empty. Anything but empty. In fact, their ministry to the Thessalonians, and he was only there for three weeks. Think about it. Only three weeks. And they began to flourish and grow, even in the midst of persecution. But not only that, Paul says back in verse 8, you can look in chapter 1, verse 8, just look over to verse 8 of chapter 1. Paul says, for from you, speaking to the Thessalonians, the word of the Lord has sounded forth. It was like a trumpet, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. He says, your faith towards God has gone out so that we do not need to say anything. And I could only imagine that Paul, while he's, this is during his second missionary journey, Paul went through three. It's in the back of your Bibles. You know your Bible, the reason why they have those maps, and you have a map that's dedicated to Paul's missionary journey, his first, second, and third. This is his sec, second missionary journey. And most likely, he probably had Macedonia and Achaia uh, on his list. But after, before even getting there, the Thessalonians already got there. So he said, oh, we don't need to go there. Check that out. Check that out. Praise God. They share the gospel. Paul didn't need to go to these areas. So Paul's ministry was not in vain. In fact, it was very, very fruitful. You know, Paul didn't need to go on this. He didn't go on this uh, missionary journey on vacation. His purpose to go onto these missions and to travel either by boat or by foot, we talked about thousands of miles. It wasn't easy to travel back in those days. It's not like you could book a flight and be there tomorrow. But he planned these journeys only to spread the gospel. Can you imagine taking a map and say, I want to go here, I want to go there. We're talking about thousands of miles. That was his heart. He wanted to spread the gospel. Everywhere Paul went, the purpose was to share the gospel. And I know that this should encourage us. It should encourage you and I. You know, it should cause us that if, even if you're one that is not called to be in the mission fields or, and go to other countries, well, pray. Those missionaries need Prayer. They need to be supported, they need to be protected, and they need prayer. But just like Paul, never, ever, ever, for those of you who are sharing the gospel, never, ever think that your labor of love to the Lord, your labor of love of the gospel of Christ is in vain. All you have to do is just be faithful in sharing the gospel, the message of Jesus Christ, and let God do the rest. Remember, we studied that last week. We already know there is power in the gospel. We already know that the Holy Spirit is in us. We have, it, we, have a, we have a double powerful portion there on our side. But never ever think that your work and your labor is in vain. All you got to do is, the Bible uses it, is to plant the seed of the gospel and let God do the rest. It's like a farmer. All he has to do, he knows is all he can do is plant the seed, water it maybe, or let rain take its course. But he knows that it's the sun that makes it grow. And as a matter of fact, this is what Paul tells, writes to the church of Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6-7. to Paul says, I planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. You never know. You may share the gospel and think that they may have brushed you off. They may have cursed you out. They may have been family members. They want nothing to do with you. But then lo and behold, a year or two later, they give you a call. Guess what? Remember you talked to me two years ago. Well, I guess you probably were praying within those two years. I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. And it all started when you share the gospel and you it was tugging in my heart. I was tossing and turning and couldn't sleep. And all of a sudden now, I've surrendered my life to Jesus. Never think that it's in vain. Share the gospel, plant the seed, or water the seed, whatever it is, but let God do the rest of the work. Verse 2, verse 2, he says, But even after we had suffered before, And we were spitefully treated at Philippi. This here for you students, you note takers, is in Acts chapter 16, verses 22 to 24. There you'll find that before Paul made it to Thessalonica, during this missionary journey, he first went to Philippi. And there, guess what happened to him? He got a reward. He's got uh, put on the throne. No, (laughs) nothing like that. As a matter of fact, they tore off his clothes, him and Silas. They beat him with rods and they put him in prison. And that usually happens when you hang out with Paul. (laughs) Paul is that kind of guy. He shares the gospel. And, you know, if he was a Paul today, there would be two 18-wheelers. There would be one truck with Bibles and tracts and all kinds of literature and stuff. The next Bible would be a hospital. I mean, the next truck would be a hospital. (laughs) Paul, how did they beat you up this time? Oh, I just got a couple of, you know, knots here in the back of the head. He said, but Paul, but that didn't discourage Paul. You'd think he would stop at Philippi. If he would have been discouraged because of persecution, he would never made it to Thessalonica to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We would never have 1 Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians, Thessalonians in our Bibles. But that didn't discourage or intimidate Paul. Did it? Absolutely not. Let's read on. Verse 2, it says, But even after we had suffered before and were spitefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we were bold. We were bold in our God to speak to you the gospel of God in much conflict. You know, Christians in churches today, especially here in America, and I've always say we have no idea what it's like to be persecuted. As we speak now, there are churches in, in these Muslim countries that are being persecuted. In the West, we don't understand. It's those in the East, those in Africa, those in India. They're the ones being persecuted. They have to hide. We have the liberty to park our cars outside in the lot, come in here with our Bibles boldly and assemble. They don't have that. But these Christians and the Christians like Paul in his day, they were bold in their faith, and they continue to share the gospel in the midst of persecution. Can you imagine being a Christian in, in the early church during that time, and you hear that maybe your wife has been killed because of your faith in Jesus, or your son, or your daughter, your children, your grandchildren. Can you imagine that their faith continued on? They knew that to be absent of the body is to be in presence of the Lord. And so Paul had this, this, Paul had this boldness. And yes, you'll find many today in the church, that they, they have no problem titling themselves bishop, archbishop, reverend, doctor, arch, archbishop, apostle. They have no problem. Meanwhile, they live large. They live in million-dollar mansions, driving expensive cars, and they don't, they don't even have a wrinkle on their Armani suits. And they call themselves apostles. They don't know what an apostle is. They had never gone through what Paul in the early church has been through. Even some Christians today, some communist countries. Paul had his clothes torn from him. He was beaten with rods and thrown into prison. But Paul says, we were bold in our God to speak to you the gospel of God in much conflict. To you as a believer in Jesus Christ, as you do the work of the ministry and sharing the gospel, do you suffer conflict? I don't think any of us really suffer I had, since I've been in ministry, and I include myself, yes, I get attacks from the enemy. That's always going to happen. But no one ever punched me in the face because I share the gospel. No one has beaten me up because I share the gospel. That's how it was in those days. And Paul said in conflict, this says, sharing a much conflict. The word conflict, and some of you students already know, the word conflict in the Greek is agon, agon, where we get the English word agony. And it's the an English word, so it's mentioned four times in the New Testament. And it's really an athletic term that means to contest, to struggle with such pain, to reach a goal, to reach a mark. And that's why Paul is using it, because it's, it's painful, it's agonizing, but I'm reaching towards the mark. And that's what conflict is. You see, Paul knows all too well what it's like to suffer, to struggle, to struggle with agony for Christ. Let us look, I think it's important. Let us look at Paul's resume, if you will. You probably know this. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 to 28. Paul writes this. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors, more abundant. In stripes, above measure. In prison, more frequently. In death, often. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. That's 195 stripes. Three times I've been beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, that doesn't mean he was smoking, he was stoned to death. Three times I was shipwrecked, so going, traveling in this missionary journey, three times, shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils of the, in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often... In hunger and in thirst and fasting often, in cold and nakedness, verse 8, they should insert, oh yeah, and besides the other things, right? And besides the other thing, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. (laughs) You want to title yourself an apostle? Let's be real. But by biblical definition, there's, there's no apostle today because one of the qualifications of an apostle is one who has witnessed and visually seen with, with their eyes Jesus Christ. That's another study. Next chapter, you find that next chapter three, I believe, two. I'm sorry. So, saints, the reality as Christians, you and I are called to suffer. We're called to suffer. Hey, American gospel. <laughs> oh, come to Jesus, you know, and your life will be roses. That's a lie. Are you traditionally a Christian? That, you know, that's what Satan loves traditional Christians. You know why? Because it's just, I just go to church. I'm a Christian because, yeah, I go to church. My parents were Christians. And, but, no, we're talking about biblical Christians that know that, hey, you have to suffer. And you're being a witness. The Greek word for witness is martis, when we get the word martyr. Are you willing to die to share the gospel of Jesus Christ? Are you willing to suffer? Do you know you have to suffer? praise the Lord. I know this is not a popular message. you probably get the popular message on TVN. You're not going to get it here because this is biblical. As a matter of fact, Paul says this in Philippians chapter one, verses 29 to 30, Paul says, for to you, it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him. That's okay. We're good with that. But he says, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same agon conflict, This is the second time. It's only four times in the New Testament. Which you saw in me and now here is in me. And so this is what we're called. Jesus says you will suffer tribulation, right? Timothy and Timothy it says all those who desire to live a godly life will suffer. Now. How was Paul able to have this boldness to share the gospel of Jesus Christ in the midst of persecution? How can you and I have this boldness as we share the gospel of Jesus Christ to a world, a world today that wants to do away with God, the Bible, the prayer, and take uh, take it out of our nation and take it away from our schools and home? How can you be bold today to share the gospel of Jesus Christ? The answer to that is in the middle of verse 2. Look at verse 2 again. Paul says, we were bold in our God. In our God. The boldness that Paul had, the boldness that you and I can receive from God, comes from God. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, he said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13 Paul writes this, I can do some of the things. No. I can do all things. The word all in the Greek, Hebrew, and Spanish, and in Chinese means everything. I can do all things through Christ who what? Strengthens me. Strengthens me. And to have a bonus to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, it must come from God. But remember, who dwells in your heart? Holy Spirit. And what do we use with this bonus? share the gospel there's power in the gospel you see and when we're in God God gives us the bonus the power through his Holy Spirit verse 3 it says for our exhortation did not come from error uncleanly uncleanness nor was it in deceit when Paul shared the gospel with the Thessalonians he did not use guile or trickery he did not use secular methods very common in the church day secular methods he did not water down the gospel the gospel was being preached without the mention of the word blood, without the mention of the word repent, without the mention of the word hell. He never changed it to suit the different groups. He didn't tickle their ears All share the gospel of Jesus Christ.
0: I'm the race. You've been listening to Running the Race with Pastor Eddie. We've been looking at some useful and applicable things in the book of 1 Thessalonians. Toward the end of this book, there are some verses that might be viewed as a test or a challenge depending on what you're going through. The author of this letter, the Apostle Paul, says to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, and in everything to give thanks. Do you have much to be thankful and grateful for today? Be reminded that Jesus coming back someday is the greatest reason to rejoice. It's a hope that you can hold on to. When the rest of the world is hopeless. We're so glad you joined us today for Running the Race. Are you in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area? If so, Jessica has an invitation for you.
1: We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Back to Homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com.
0: Thanks, Jessica. On our website, we also have some helpful resources to assist you in what you're learning or how you're studying the Bible. Just click on the Study Helps tab at runningtheraceradio.com. We're so glad you tuned in today, and we look forward to the next edition of Running the Race.